Hey there, Lupontic folks. This is Drew coming in with a brief editor's note. You may notice some audio issues with uh, our guest, Chris Delasola. I'm I'm not quite sure what happened with our recording platform. Just for some reason, the audio came in shaky. I was the one hosting the call. I should have done something about it or tried to remedy it somehow. But given that Zencaster usually records our mics locally, I just didn't think much of it because it's resolved similar issues before. But again, you may notice some issues and that's my bad. I do apologize, but hopefully you enjoy the show all the same. So before we get to the second annual Sideburns and Cigarettes holiday special, a special performance. Take it away, Inspector. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one fiend I need. I don't care about that bonus or my yearly Christmas leave. I'll just throw you in a cell, chase you to the gates of hell. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is Lupin behind bars, you little goddamn weasel! Second Annual Cyburns and Cigarettes Holiday Special, starring Bare-Chested Fisherman, Drew. Merry Christmas. The Goddess of Liberty, Natalie. Merry Chrysler. One Star Hotel, Emma. Happy Holidays. Expensive Dog, Chris. Merry Xmas. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. (laughs) And the Crime Time TV Special, me, Chris Godby. Very nice. Very nice. And <laughs> season's greetings, and welcome to Sideburns and Cigarettes, a Loop on the Third podcast, a podcast about a monkey-faced thief, his friends, and their many adventures. We are covering all of the animated and live-action entries in the Loop on the Third franchise in, mostly, chronological order. Well, Lupontic folks, it's that time of year again when we all gather together to celebrate the season of giving. Except for one jolly fellow in red, who's definitely out there doing his fair share of breaking and entering. And while it may be all up on the house top, click, 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 the guy there is a bit of a dick. But before we get before we get into the reason for the season, we have a, uh, a very special guest with us today, as mentioned earlier. We are joined by author of the upcoming book, The Master Thief Files, the ultimate guidebook to Loop on the Third, editor and YouTuber extraordinaire, Chris Delizola, aka Aficionados Chris. 
He put a Z in there. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Deli Zola. <laughs> so, so, sounds like a, a, a medicine brand. Like Sorry. Zoloft. I'm an antidepressant. <laughs> Seemingly. Talking's not my strong suit. I, I just want to preface for those, for those listening that Drew went out of his way to go, how's it pronounced? I told him, and he still messed it up. <laughs> That's that's how I roll, baby. Sideburns and cigarettes, where even when you put in your best effort, you still fail. Indeed, indeed. That's how we do things here. I know, I know. I, I, I'm I'm merely giving the audience a pre uh, you know predisposed notion of, of what to expect. <laughs> but yes, I'm always happy to be here. I like the show. <laughs> we like having you here, even though I butcher your name. <laughs> and sometimes forget the title of your book. <laughs> well, you know, I, I can't. I always have it right next to me. <laughs> it's a constant reminder of finish me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be done soon enough. <laughs> hey, that's basically what I keep saying to my dog every time he, I feed him. It's like, come on, finish up. <laughs> okay, there, 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 was a, there was a connotation there that I was hoping it wasn't going to turn to, so I'm glad it was about finishing food. Manja manja, as my yeah, mother ma- would say. <laughs> or in my family, it would be like, come. <laughs> <laughs> well, to get us into the festive spirit tonight, we'll be talking about Lupin the Third, Part 2, Episode 64. Christmas is in the goddess's hands. But specifically tonight, we're talking about the English dub. The title mm-hmm. for that is Christmas at Tiffany's. I uh, wonder what that's referencing. Hmm. Gee, I don't know. I, is I get Mickey about... Rooney in this one? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> my joke was going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to go away and watch My Fair Lady right now. <laughs> uh, so, directed by Kiyosuke Mikuria and airing on December 25th, 1978, the synopsis for the episode, according to 50 Animated Years of Lupin the Third, is. <clears throat> Marguerite Tiffany, heiress of the famous Tiffany & Company jewelry store, challenges Lupin to rob her place on live television. Lupin and Jigen decline the high-risk heist, but Fujiko's taste for finer things, along with her pride, tie their hands. With all of America watching, Lupin and the gang are faced with bettering Tiffany's top-notch security systems. So, our typical roundtable uh, thoughts on the episode? Uh, Chris. Guest Chris. Red Jacket. Red Jacket. Which one? <laughs> Don't make the same mistake. Red Jacket or Green Jacket? <laughs> it's a Merry Christmas over here indeed. Indeed it is. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a part two dub. It's a very merry part two dub. It's hard, it's hard to dislike. And after having spoken to literally every actor involved with part two, it's always kind of surreal to watch it again and be like... <laughs> I know these people, and I know the stories behind these these things and the fun they had. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's a it's a solid one. I mean, it's obviously one of, uh, if I remember correctly, it's one of two Christmas episodes in part two. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, the, I think the other one involved like uh, them stealing wine, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah, but that's the one we covered on the holiday special last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but uh, uh, Christmas at Tiffany's is tons of fun it's it's your it's your very uh it's a very token lupon episode you've got a great heist uh goyamon's there <laughs> <laughs> goyamon appears, goyamon appears. 
<laughs> at some point, he's not established. He just kind of materializes and doesn't have a line until like two minutes in. So Lex Lex Lane collected a very interesting check that day. <laughs> he's in the background, like how every Latino mm-hmm. family has like that one aging grandparent in a scary room. We we refuse to put them in a home, but they're there. We know that they're there. That's basically going on in this episode. It is like because because it's such a high number for the dub. It's episode sixty four because they only famously they only dubbed seventy eight episodes um, mm-hmm. because that was their initial package. They only got half the show, and mm-hmm. due to it not doing well on Adult Swim, as we know, <laughs> that that meant the rest of the series didn't get dubbed. But I think I think we would agree is that later on at some point they kind of lessened a lot of the pop culture humor with mm-hmm. maybe some minor exceptions of a lightsaber which is <laughs> timeless but also extremely topical for when the episode was made as you mentioned Drew, it came out in uh, 1978 significance of that is star wars had just came out in japan in 78 so it was mm-hmm. actually it made Ooh. a splash at the time because uh, it came out in june of 78 and became one of the uh top grossing films in japan although it wasn't the top grossing science fiction film of that decade that was Space Battleship Yamato. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder why Emma just jumped at that. <laughs> no, what? Like, uh, it, it's it's because of Yamato's success and Star Wars' success that Mamo ended up becoming a sci-fi movie, believe it or not. Mm. Yeah. We joke that everything goes back to Lupin, but also everything goes back to Yamato. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd be surprised. There, there are things that... Six degrees of space battleship Yamato. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a good one. I, I don't know what else there is to say because it's, you know, if you love Lupin, you'll love it. And if you love the dub, you'll especially love it. The gang's all here, as they say, and, it, and it's, their <laughs> antics are fun to watch as always, especially on holidays. Indeed, indeed. Emma, how about you? Oh boy. Uh, this episode, not only do I watch it every year around Christmas time, it's also just one that I throw on in the background if I like just turn on part two, uh, if I'm drawing or doing something where I want something on in the background that I don't have to pay attention to and that it's not Lucifer for like the 500th time. Um, <laughs> so I've watched, I've watched this episode probably just as much. This one (laughs) is such a classic to me. There's so many things about it. And obviously I'm going to have to point out one of my favorite things is a small Jaws reference (laughs) Uh, in there with them on the boat. Uh, It looks very akin to the scene with uh, Quint and Brody uh, on the (laughs) boat, uh, except a little bit more homosexual in Lupin. (laughs) I mean, because... Roy Scheider and Richard Dreyfuss were not nearly that ripped. No. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And didn't have, like, their shirts up, but I digress. This was just so many great performances, so many great lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's a line in this that I quote almost all the time, and of course I'm blanking on it right now. Um, (laughs) I always say, like, one of the lines I always think of is uh, Jigen's just being like, Man, I'm not going to get into this with you. Fujiko's your burden, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, like, that line delivery lives in my head rent-free. And, like, Jigen falling through the stairs. Like Chris said, this is just 
Lupin Part Two dub at, at, at its finest. Uh, it's so goofy. It's so absurd. Goemon is there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the name of the episode. Goemon is there. <laughs> um, uh, Fujiko is just great and petty in it the entire mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I would say this is probably like one of my favorite part two uh, dub episodes for sure. There, there is something amusing about Michelle having to sound extremely bitter and bitchy toward Richard Epcar's wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, is, who is a very lovely person. Well, Ellen Stern is a sweetheart. Like, you know, but it, that, that, knowing all these people, because Michelle's also the sweetest thing, all, all these, all the, to reassure everyone, this cast is a cast of wonderful people who have mm-hmm. nothing but sunshine and joy about being these characters. So it's amusing when they have to be catty toward each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all I got uh, on my thoughts so far. <laughs> Natalie, how about you? Um, well, like Emma, this is one of my favorite. Well, this is like in my repertoire of things I watch on Christmas because there's just so much, you know, there's so many classic things that you want to watch on Christmas, but me, I want to go more esoteric and things that only I or a select group of people will enjoy. And that includes um, both Lupin Christmas episodes and, (laughs) oh God, um, I guess the Doctor Who Christmas special, but that's become <laughs> that's become less esoteric as more Whovian. Star Wars become, holiday special, throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, that that too, <laughs> that too. But I watched the Riff Tracks version. I haven't. Well, I mean, you you can't like you can't watch holiday special on your own. You need you need the company of friends. <laughs> no, agreed. But I have an uncle who is obsessed with Star Wars, and his kids are mm-hmm. obsessed with Star Wars, and he makes them watch the. Star Wars Christmas special without fact, com- Wait a minute. Commentary. Wasn't the holiday special 78 as well? It was. Think so. I'm pretty certain it's it was. All connected. Oh, Lord. Lupin was ahead of the curve being like, no, no, see, when we air, the holiday special will be on American television and it'll be a classic. That's why we're going to throw the lightsaber in there. <laughs> as so long as it's not a nine minute conversation between Wookiees that are not, <laughs> that are not translated. Anyways. Um, I love this episode. Let's just get that out there. I love the setting of New York. I love that the, um, I don't want to say antagonist, but like the, the problem for the Lupin crew happens to be a woman who is the heiress of the Tiffany and company family, but also like, she's like a, a newscaster lady um and oh lord the april o'neill that they run into yes but also like um i love the i love the plot essentially that like she wants to boost up ratings for the network so she challenges lupon hey steal from my store on christmas without getting caught can you do it and of course the the pop culture reference of the lightsaber which awesome you know bringing bringing that into the fold i also do love um i know this is more in the um in the japanese and not in the dub itself but i'm so obsessed with french cinema and i love how fujiko mentions she she loves elaine delon so it's like yeah i mean i i'm not a big elaine delon fan but he he was a great actor represent just a piece of shit person (laughs) or i think he's still alive i don't know (laughs) but um no, I, I really, I really do love the sub episode. Part two dub is just like that's that's my childhood. That's like you know that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. And 
Um, and yeah, Goemon's there. He very much like in uh, Lupin versus Tekko in the special, he comes in at the last ten minutes of the of the thing, just because a sword can cut through steel. The end. <laughs> Goemon's there when the writer realized they wrote themselves in a corner and didn't know how to get a, a character like Lupin out of the situation. Like, Basically, oh, oh yeah, we have yeah. a samurai that can cut anything. Uh, <laughs> here he is. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we forgot about that guy. Exactly. It, it's, very, it's, it's very much like Steven Universe, where Guaymon is um, the um, oh my goodness, what's her name from the Steven Universe film? Um, Spinel. It's very much Sp- like Spinel. Yeah, Spinel. Uh, you forgot Spinel. something. It mustn't have been. It must have not been important. And then there's Spinel on the other planet. There's Guaymon on the other planet. Isn't that a two and a half men joke? I think that is a two and a half it's men. A two joke. and a half men joke. Like if you forgot that it wasn't important, you forgot his son. Son, yeah. <laughs> we forgot Guaymon, the child. <laughs> <laughs> this is an adult man. He can take care of himself. I know he's an adult man. He can take care of himself, but he is still baby. Oh my god. I will constantly mock you for saying that. My, my best, my best friend does too. I would not be surprised if she were to open my door and yell out, "Natalie, he's a grown ass man." Because you know, she does I, I, I was this close to just embarrassing you in front of Lex Lang about you referring to William <laughs> Mock baby. Please don't. I mean, I could have. I didn't. I'm but glad I you could have. I'm the glad power you, you wield. I I have powers you cannot possibly imagine, Drew. But co- Chris. Your thoughts. Oh, yeah. I got thoughts, buddy. I actually took notes this time. Oh, wow. He did his homework. Yeah. Oh, my God. He did his homework. <laughs> so I started off saying here that any part two opening gets me all excited for what's to come, even though I've seen it, even if I've seen it a hundred times before. I mean, I've made no secret that part two is my favorite anime series ever. Yeet. Um, it's a good choice. It's not the yeah. correct choice, but it's a good choice. <laughs> Okay, now listen here. There's only one there. It's a funny way to say part four. <laughs> anyway, um, what is it about Christmas in New York, though? I mean, I appreciate that. And something I really like about part two in particular is that a lot of episodes, especially early on, spend some time in the opening to set the stage of whatever country we're in. You don't really get that with a lot of the uh, later series. I think it's just one of the things I like best about part two as a whole. Kind of a, oh boy, where are we this week kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gag with uh, Lupin and Jigen in that really run-down shack at, at the hotel I thought was <laughs> amusing. Um, hmm. Also, as mentioned before, I, I really like Maggie and Fujiko being a passive-aggressively catty bitches towards each other. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. <laughs> now, I would have pegged Fujiko as more of a cat person. Oh. I was waiting for you to finish the rest of that sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would trust him to pause was deliberate. It is a cute dog, though. Mm. <laughs> but that's uh, not the that's not the first time, especially in the in the um in part two where she has a dog. I mean, she had a dog right, in yeah. that um that one episode with Tatsumaki and Jaguar. Where, where do you suppose that Saint Bernard is now? No, I don't want to know because I yeah, I, I, I had a terrible week with dogs this week. So <laughs> in in my notes here, I have hi, Goemon. <laughs> So I think I think to 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 go with that I have a small like bullet points and I wrote Goyamon's there, so yeah. it seems we all came away with oh hey Goyamon's here. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he doesn't show up to like the third act. Exactly, <laughs> he doesn't even talk yeah. for like 
quite a lot of it. He had a lot more of a presence in the last Christmas episode when they were in France for some reason. I'm not, I don't say that like incredulously or anything. It's just that he had more of a presence than in this one. So he, he was just waiting to get his KFC. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Cause that's, that's really what Christmas is in Japan. It's a day to order yeah. KFC. I'm, I'm, I'm going to argue that's a, that's what you do here too. At least you should. Tis the season. Have no. the kernel come. No, for me, it's have the bee. You, you have the jolly bee. The Filipinos know how to make fried chicken, okay? <laughs> As a Kentuckian, I'm just going to point out Lee's famous recipe is better. Anyway, Lupin and Jigen putting on the shades uh, <laughs> inside the uh, inside the store. That's a favorite gift of mine. Matter of fact, you call it a Christmas gift. Emma's and I got emoji just like. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down there, Gabby. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Anyway, um, uh, speaking of Zenigata, I noticed some unintentional Cagliostro foreshadowing with him throwing a cigarette to test off security lasers. I wrote that down, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> and this was before Cagliostro, so we can't say, yeah, hey, exactly. guys, remember Cagliostro? Right. So, so really, Cagliostro's more like, hey, remember that one part two episode? <laughs> maybe more like remember several part two episodes <laughs> but uh i thought it was nice how uh the chief offered zenigata to have christmas dinner with his family oh yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that was unexpectedly and zenigata being zenigata like hell no <laughs> i don't rest until he's arrested i also also my notes here i have bless you dan lord jay um <laughs> i'll let him know you said that <laughs> i like how for the heist itself, for one thing, it's so ridiculously over the top and unstealthy as possible mm-hmm. that I can't help but love it for that. It's hilarious. And I like how it's kind of a small detail, but I like how Goemon has to make several swipes with Zontetskin in order to cut the building in half. I feel like more recent entries would have him probably cut the entire thing in one stroke. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was absolutely. A, it was a slightly more realistic take on something that is absolutely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also really like the use of uh, Lupin Ando during mm-hmm. the. Uh, oh yeah, the when they the I appreciate jewels. that. Lupin yeah. Ando is one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, you it's know. great. For those who don't know, it's the end credit song in Mama. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the whole thing with uh, putting the loot all over the Statue of Liberty, I think is. <laughs> I mean, like scale wise, doesn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> because that jewelry must be much bigger than what we saw inside the store. Oh, yeah, yeah, just repeat to yourself, it's just a show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> say, like, it's so cool and so stylish. I don't care. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great episode. It's uh, I mean, I've always said that uh, The Slight Before Christmas is my favorite holiday special of part two, but it's close, man. I, mm-hmm. This one is, mm-hmm. is, is up there as well. It's, I mean, it has to be. There's only two, but even after this, they didn't do any other Christmas stuff after, right? The, the, this is like the only two things. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't recall part three having a Christmas episode. Yeah. No, Although, that would have been amazing. Yes. I'm So I'm very curious about what, about what the hell we're going to do next year, but... You can do Voyage to Danger. It takes place in the Arctic. That's exactly yeah, part, of, part of it takes place in the Arctic. Yeah, 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 people have debates about whether or not Die Hard's a Christmas movie. We can have a debate. Die Hard not... is a Christmas film. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I'm <laughs> saying that this is a debate that exists. So. Well, part five technically has a New Year's episode. And so does part that two. That's true. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's true. Part two has one as well. Based on uh, there you go, mystery solved. <laughs> exactly. Any New Year's episode, any episode that has snow or ice in it is moving forward. Will be. <laughs> I mean, that's basically how they think of with Christmas songs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Tokyo Crisis. It opens on snow. Hey, there you go, Christmas. Um, it takes me during summer though. It's like that's part. Of, that's a plot point. That's in July. <laughs> well, no, Emma, you bring that up, but I will bring up the tangent as a basic, as a basic, as a basic white girl who loves <laughs> Bath and Body Works. Winter, winter candy apple should not just be a, a seasonal scent because it just says winter candy apple. It doesn't say Christmas candy apple. I I like that shit year round. <laughs> okay, so if we are just going to do winter themed episodes next year. I suggest uh, Operation Mother Mary Getaway from Part Three, just because that's a good one. I love mm, that. That's one. a great one. And there's sort of a sled in it. I mean, it's a bathtub, but it's used <laughs> well, as a sled. Well, then on that it's note, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> what, what about the pe- what about the penguin episode in Part Two? Yes, also. Oh my god, <laughs> with Mussolini's boots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would pay good money to get that dubbed. <laughs> Indeed. Drew, what do you think? Okay, so this one, I realized watching it today, um, I have, like, I don't visit this one, like, frequently. I have not seen this one too often. Like, I've kind of saved some of the back half of part two because I've watched so much of the other Lupin stuff. There's, like, a whole back half I haven't watched yet, and I'm scared to watch it because when I watch it, it's all gone away. (laughs) And I have watched this one before. But like my, my default Christmas episode has always been the slight before Christmas because you know I wonder if it's from Mother. Like <laughs> that's always been my go-to. But man, don't forget about the gasp. <laughs> but no, this one I actually really appreciated. A, I find it very funny that both Christmas episodes kind of forget their Christmas episodes until like the last two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like this one has more Christmas imagery, but at the end they're like, "Oh yeah, play Jingle Bells, quick, say Merry Christmas." All right, sweet, we got it handled. We did it. We met the quota. <laughs> <laughs> and they both take place in the U.S., surprisingly. This well, is true. Partly, partly. But no, I, I found this one highly entertaining just for the core concept of Lupin and Jigen being so adamantly against stealing something. Like, they're, they're frequently like, you know, we are, we're on break. <laughs> yeah. They just want to have Christmas vacation. <laughs> yeah. They, they literally just want to have Christmas vacation and go fishing. And they- Which I need to know: Is that a thing people do? Is go fishing during Christmas? Yes. Not that I'm aware of. Oh, I love I, I love the dichotomy there. Not that I'm aware of. Yes. Oh. Well, okay. I just know from my great from my from one of my good friends who culturally does not celebrate Christmas. His mm. family would just travel to Florida to get away from the cold because understandable. And another family friend who it does celebrate christmas but they like flying to like close to like the equator or the other side of the equator like argentina just to get away from the cold and to go fishing i don't think lupon and jigan flew away from new york to go fishing they did they flew to panama yeah oh, they flew to panama that i i missed that part yeah, it's, yeah. In, it's in the dub line yeah Puchka mentioned that. Yeah, you're right yeah yeah, no, no lupon mentions it lupon goes hey we're gonna miss that flight to panama That's and yeah right. It's like, right. <laughs> why? Because like, here's the thing. Speaking as someone who's been in New York, why the fuck would you swim in in, in the Hudson? 
Like the most you're mm-hmm. gonna get is a fucking diaper and a tire. <laughs> it's disgusting. And a short of life, uh, short short lifespan. Yeah, short of lifespan too. <laughs> yeah. So if I anything, mean, it might be good for Lupin. He seems to have lived two hundred something years. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it makes a lot of sense that they would fly to Panama to go fishing, mm-hmm. especially with the outfits they were wearing. Well, th- well, th- that's because the animator just really wanted to show off their bodies again. Indeed. <laughs> for some reason, Part Two was obsessed with. Everyone being ripped. Yes. Everyone being ripped in Goemon's butt. <laughs> Not it's as just... much as they were in uh, Dead or Alive. <laughs> oh yeah. That was a Goy man, by the way. Goy man. <laughs> that was Goy man indeed. But, um... Or at least according to Not a Goy baby. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I was also incredibly amused by you know lupin and jigen wanting to have like absolutely nothing to do with this heist and fujiko getting caught in the most like petty <laughs> like one-upping this lady like the, the um i loved how every moment where lupin would like resist it he resists he goes away fujiko spends all the money like to the point of one tailor being like you know there's too many zeros on this check <laughs> then Lupin like shows up and reluctantly is like, you know, I'm not going to do it. Like, like, you know, I'm not. And then he goes outside and then she rolls up in a Rolls Royce. as like, apparently like seemingly she just purchased. So there's like this, this comical escalation, which I found to be hilarious. And also led to maybe the line that floored me in this. when Fujiko uh, goes into Tiffany to uh, purchase something. And she says, what have you got here to help a cheap slut look more classy? I'm sure. Oh yeah. I love that. <laughs> this is, this is Fujiko in full petty mode, which I would like to see more of. It's one of my favorite aspects Didn't she of Fujiko. Say that her hand was cramping from writing too many checks. Yes. 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 yes, she did. Yeah. And I always took that in connotation with her saying like for a cheap slut like me, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Like I said, passive aggression. You, you, li- you, you literally just gave off the same face your dog does. <laughs> He's learned from the best. Or I've learned from the best. I was going to say, speaking of Fujiko writing checks, I couldn't help but notice that she didn't write the numbers on it the American way, despite being mm-hmm. in the U.S. Yeah. I don't know any better. I know, it's just something I noticed. It's like well, also, I mean, it, it's not spelled correctly either. <laughs> That's true. Spelled it was cute. also animated in the seven like animated a lot earlier so checks could have looked way different yeah i think i think checks the conventional checks because it's like i think i feel like checkbooks are kind of going out of vogue unless you really love balancing them but like (laughs) you you just really want the little poodles on them (laughs) (laughs) okay man ray (laughs) it's just like you know like uh over here in the u.s like for huge amounts like what fujiko was doing yeah, you know, we put the commas. Yes. You know, mm. but yeah, in this episode, she put decimals, which I know is what pretty much every other country does. Mm-hmm. So, I, don't, I mean, it's like not like a deal breaker or anything, just something I noticed. It's the little details. I will say that her shopping skills, like, her shopping just kind of reminds me of that. Um, the scene in um, Pretty Woman where Julia Roberts first tries <laughs> to, to, you know, uh, to get... And, and, and how far into the podcast till Pretty Woman was brought up? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying that? I, I admit it's because one of my it's, favorite... It's the perfect, you know, example to pull from for, for that scene specifically. Like, oh. you might as well just, just hear the song play. They couldn't <laughs> license it, but, you know, do, well, do, it, do it yourself. 
Well, TLDR, one of the famous scenes from Pretty Woman is Julia Roberts as the as the hooker trying to buy clothes so she could look more appropriate, but she's wearing her, you know, her hooker garb. And the women are looking at her like, I don't think we have anything in the store for you. Please leave. I I just, it's funny because it's like, you know, Fujiko's doing this to be petty. Uh, Tiffany, uh, Marguerite Tiffany basically called her a cheap hooker. (laughs) So what you're saying is Pretty Woman took from Lupin Part 2. It would uh-huh. not surprise. Well, technically, Pretty Woman <laughs> took from the opera La Traviata, but yes, <laughs> of course. Natalie brings opera back into the conversation. <laughs> Strike and mark that on the bingo card. <laughs> yeah, they, everyone playing Sidebirds and Cigarettes Bingo, let, or everybody, or Sidebirds and Cigarettes, the drinking game. <laughs> well, we're not going to encourage that. <laughs> no, speak for yourself. Um, I, <laughs> Um, but Back over I, to Martinelli's is all I'm saying. Yeah. And again, I I, I may have act, thought too hard about this episode and read too much into it, but I was also easily amused by the fact that, like, in this episode, you've got uh, Tiffany who keeps trying to, like, give Lupin this challenge, like, you know, do it. Like, you know, it's going to be broadcast on television. He keeps, like, pushing back. I love how, you know, we got Lupin the third. He's never going to do a heist unless it's exactly on his own terms and mm-hmm. how he wants to do it. And his own terms is by chance going on a fishing boat with an old man named Mr. Jebaby who shows him his, um, uh, what does he refer to it as? The, uh, the Jebaby lightsaber sports fisherman. <laughs> and, and as, as an old, as an old Digimon fan, it warmed my heart that that was the man who played Jedi, which is a name that as a kid is like, that is dangerously close to Jedi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it all comes full circle with the Star Wars references once again silent night jedi night <laughs> i love in the dub he keeps referring to all his trinkets as uh thingamajigs and thingamabobs frequently which i found to be a uh, as you should at that age very endearing i also wrote going on just appears that's one of my notes i've got Did we here. all write that Can show of hands <laughs> yeah there we go okay <laughs> everyone wrote that as a note <laughs> Um, Zenigata maybe utters the most depressing line in the whole episode, where there's no Christmas for a guy on Lupin's trail, <laughs> and then just walks mm. out, and you're like, God dang, dude, someone give that man. Like, again, like Chris mentioned, the, the poor chief tries to, like, offer him a family dinner, and he's just, man, he's too he dedicated. He doesn't want to take it. See, I thought the more depressing line came from the slight before Christmas. Yeah. Words. Like, it's from mother. <laughs> 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 He's like, oh, honey. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry, I'm fine. <laughs> I got the rubbing to keep me warm. God, I do uh, not want to know what his cholesterol, let alone what his blood sugar looks like. Not blood sugar, um, blood pressure looks oh, like. Oh, he runs plenty. He's fine. <laughs> He's, He's built just like the rest of them. Like I said, you know, um, I'm sure Inspector Pennsylvania will be just okay. <laughs> Inspector, you didn't get it. <laughs> Inspector um, But Benihana. I also love how this episode just simply starts with just the owner of a jewelry store company challenging Lupin to a televised thing to uh, them cutting an entire building in half using a subway as a winch and then using electro- electromagnetic fishing lines that come out of seemingly harpoon guns, mm-hmm. which was... Uh, Bit of an unexpected de- escalation there. Welcome to the Lupin the Third. It's quite brilliant. It is. It, it wasn't is. completely absurd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just described Lupin the Third, Emma. Yeah, exactly. Quite brilliant. 
completely concerned. Yeah. It's what we love about Lupin. Those, those intricate plot points that are just so convoluted that make no sense in reality, but we love it because it's Lupin. It makes sense if you don't think about it. <laughs> but unfortunately, a lot of us rational people have to think about it or can't. Yeah, can't I love watching it. Alcatraz Connection with you, Nat. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I, was, I also cracked up. There's a line in the dub where I'm, um, uh, Zinigata shows the gang, you know, the capability, the capabilities of the security system, and Lupin and Jigen and Goemon walk out, and Maggie says, "I'm, uh, you know, this could be a red letter day for Zinigata." And for some reason, in my head, just went. The Tiffany breaking Christmas special was the most disappointing thing since my son. Which I don't know why that was the first thing <laughs> hit my mind after that. Oh, it, it, would. it did. It would. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least for me, like uh, I mean, it's it's got playing lines. It's not nearly as outlandish as some of the early dubs of like you mm-hmm. know, you know, he could bench press Shaq or <laughs> bench press iconic Shaq. lines like those. But there's definitely the occasional like. <laughs> that's good. Like you can tell they're definitely I, either Richard or someone in charge is trying to dial back on the whole. Mm-hmm. Like, let's play this a little more straight, but I do. The thing that amuses me the most is how the, the greeting card that Lupin leaves at the end, when he mentions as you know, one of us referenced, you know, that he has left the treasure in the goddess of Liberty, mm-hmm. <laughs> which as we all know is that's not what that, it's called. It's the statue mm-hmm. of the liberty, statue. Mm-hmm. and the fact that they had Tony read it straight, and then had <laughs> Tiffany say, "Does he mean the Statue of Liberty?" <laughs> you know, I also gotta give props to. Um... Hey, are you and I talking about the same thing? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. The bounty she's displaying. Honest. What kind of boob do you think I am? <laughs> that, 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 that's a great play on words. That's one. Another one that got me was uh, when when Lupin's fishing. You know, he gets a little into it. And you just hear Jigen off screen say, "That's it. Show that swordfish's boss, man." <laughs> Who does number two work for? <laughs> Who does number two work for? <laughs> I just like the the whole scene of uh, in the hotel and like the stairs just like collapse underneath, <laughs> falling straight on their asses and just. The paparazzi oh, taking fine. photos, and it, then... it's literally you can't have shit in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> can't have shit in Detroit. But, but, it, but it, it's it's fitting because you know Lupin just looks at Jigen like you said this was like a, an upscale hotel or something. He just looked at him like, look, ten years ago you could not get a reservation in this place. Jigen would totally be the cheap <laughs> ass to like go to like a one-star motel for their yep. Christmas vacation. <laughs> I mean, they purse around in a Fiat, like, where they're staying is probably a slight upgrade. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, but it's this dub, man. I, 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 I put this dub in the vein of when I did a whole rewatch back when these episodes were all on Hulu. Obviously, they're not anymore. Getting ready for Fanime 2019 watching, I believe the, um, the, the blimp episode with all the with all the um, detective references, watching this with Maria and Maria's just listening to the dub. She's like, who wrote this dub? Because this is hilarious as shit. <laughs> I, I, I could guess it was probably like uh, Richard mentioned his name. It's in, it's in my book. Mm-hmm. Look out for that. <laughs> <laughs> but he did, he did mention a writer who, who, you know, collaborated a lot on mm-hmm. part two's 
dump. Like a, lo- a lot of like the most humorous stuff came from from that guy. Okay, mm. well, credit to him. I mean, I get that it doesn't fit in the vein of like a lot of the po- uh, current pop culture references of the early two thousands into a show about the seventies, but that was my trash. I loved it. It it it, 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 it just. It hit everything perfectly for me. Grant Morin, that's his name. Grant ah. Morin. I don't know if he wrote this episode in particular, but if he did, uh, props to you, Grant. If he didn't, well, well good job anyway for, for, what, <laughs> for the ones you did do. <laughs> you did other great work. <laughs> there was one little bit in this. I, I, I did not catch it throughout most of the episode, and again, it could be completely wrong, but the bit when they yank the bottom half of the building out, and Zinnigod is just driving up and witnesses it happening, and just lets out a scream, that exact pose that he makes, that looks like Yuzo Aoki had a hand in that. Yeah, I'm not definitely. sure if he did, but it has that just It, has it that wouldn't look. surprise me. Yep. It would not surprise me, because uh, Yuzo was working on part two at the time, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if that was him. I, I, I just, I, I love Yuzo Aoki's and Nagata, both in, like, in part three and part two and, and Mamo in particular. Mm-hmm. The most disheartening thing is reading an interview with Yuzo when he basically talks about being a failure when he made part three. It's just like, what? That, that makes me so sad. I disagree sad. with you. Part three is great. <laughs> it is. Part three rules. This fandom was wrong for decades. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I also have to take umbrage at the end of the ending of this episode because Lupin leaves a note that says that the jewels are, uh, you know, in the Goddess of Liberty. Actually, no correction. The jewels are on the Goddess of Liberty. The super egg is in the Goddess of Liberty. Thank you very much. It's in the hand of the Goddess of Liberty. I think so. in the dub, I think he says the hands. Is that in the actual note? I forget. I need to look at the note again. <laughs> Let's see. Also, the, I guess the only other note I have is um, uh, I kind of cracked up at the bit when they're prepping for the heist. A, because of Fujiko saying, I don't want to hurry you or anything, but hurry up. But I also just love my notes. <laughs> also just love the uh, the SpongeBob ass sounding rendition of Jingle Bells playing over that whole sequence. I, I, I'm glad you <laughs> say that. I, I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, why does this sound like Spongebob's telling Bikini Bottom about Santa Claus right now. Like <laughs> Santa's coming tonight, tonight. I have to expect like a bubble transition after that scene to just like... <laughs> Mark my words, Drew. I will make that edit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please do. We'll, 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 we'll make like a, a Spongebob title card, Christmas at Tiffany's. We'll re-edit the whole episode so it's a Spongebob-like episode. Complete with French narrator. <laughs> Fujiko like goes to two stores. <laughs> <laughs> Three days, days later. later. <laughs> Amazing. I, that that's a project. <laughs> I got nothing else to do. It's like, what am I doing? Writing a book? Pfft, who cares about that? I'm nah. gonna edit Christmas at Tiffany's. Ah. <laughs> but no, um, uh, as uh, as Chris said earlier, this is just like this is just a solid part two episode all around. Like you know, no complaints. This is just this is like a warm blanket. Like man, it's Absolutely. hard to not be happy. Watching one of these, especially like around Christmas time, it's. I mean, is there is there a genuinely bad part two dub? I can't think of one. No. Um, I think not... some of those were actually improved by the dub. I agree. But also, yeah, I, I agree. I will admit that some aspects of the dub may have aged poorly. Oh yeah. I say this in regards to accents 
And because a lot of the Indian accents have really aged poorly. I say that as I live in a community, as I live in a city in a community full of Indians and I watch a lot of Bollywood films, but other than, other than that, um, I always say that when it comes, because I know like with a lot of anime fans, it's very much like a sub versus dub sort of deal. And I can, I can fully understand that. But for some of us who um, have ADHD or have short attention spans or Mm -hmm. just would rather like be able to comprehend something without necessarily reading subtitles, unless you're hard of hearing like me, there's three, there's like three animes that I can thoroughly say I enjoy the dub of the English dub of. Um, one of them being um, Helsing Ultimate, and it's predominantly made better because of accents. Um, you know, getting like British accents and French accents down correctly, German accents, and of course Lupin the Third, and the third being Cowboy Bebop. But other yeah, than that, say, Bebop better be on that list, or we're oh, gonna uh, No, that's yeah. what I said. I said three of them: Cowboy Bebop. I know. Lupin I was, I was sitting here with bated breath, going, "Bebop better be on that list." And, <laughs> and it is because Steve Bloom. Is. Steve Bloom is just like a sexy god yeah absolutely voicing, voicing spike spiegel but no that that dub is phenomenal i've met and worked with steve bloom he's <laughs> at all of those things <laughs> yeah when it comes to like the dub of lupin third part two i feel like the important thing to keep in mind is that this series is supposed to be a comedy mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of times humor does not translate particularly well yeah so i am completely fine with you know rewrites like this or like with what uh, Tokyo Pop did with their version of the manga, mm-hmm. or um, like you know, Funimation got in and on too. Like, mm-hmm. say what you will about the performances and about <laughs> the name pronunciations, but I feel like most of Funimation's TV uh, special uh, dub scripts were really clever. Especially well, it's how- actually because they they uh, they did more improvisation, like they weren't. Yeah. Like they allowed ad living, especially like yes. Tokyo Crisis. You can definitely tell there's a lot yeah. of ad living, <laughs> right? And, and naturally, that, naturally, that's the best one. Especially, oh, well, well, I was gonna say, especially with the drunken Zenigata moments, you could totally hear that. I don't like those. They give you tumors. <laughs> I can't find my hat. I can't find my hat. Lobron, I love him though. <laughs> Let's also not forget about Zenigata Devita from Howdy Mouse Treasure. But <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, like I said, I mean, I never had a problem with the Part 2 dub, even with the liberties it took. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as someone that, you know, writes a comedy myself, I'll get more on that during the plugs later. But yeah, it's like, you know, I don't mind because, like, again, humor doesn't always translate particularly well. So, especially with the way Jenny on dubbed the series. As long as the uh, spirit of the characters is still there, which it definitely is, mm-hmm. and the show is still funny, you know, despite the cultural barriers. So, yeah. Yeah, Lupin Third Part 2 is a great dub, and you don't get dubs like this anymore. Yeah, and that's, no, I that's, agree. That's a really sad thing, and I don't think we ever will again. No, and I've said that uh, a number of times about people wanting, people always, whenever Discotech does a stream, there's always somebody, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's like Lupin Part Two dubbed the rest of it, and they're they're at the their wits end at this point. Like, no, <laughs> you're not doing this. And like, they have prohibitively logis- expensive. <laughs> they have logistical reasons for doing like saying that, but also I'm on the mind. I'm like, it's it's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. 
it, I, I will only allow it if they bring Dan back to finish mm. it off. And I, I can attest from speaking to Doug Erholtz, he would be okay with that. Like, of all the things right. that Dan needs to finish, mm. it, it is the part two dump. Right. I think one of the things I will say that that I enjoyed about the part two dub as a child, AKA 12, 13, 14, growing up Natalie, as opposed to me now in my thirties, when I started getting back into Lupin and they announced that part four, they were dubbing part four and bringing back the OG cast. That was probably one of the happiest days of my life in the sense that like it hit the nostalgia points very clearly. It was like, Oh my God, you know, my favorite anime, new series, the OG dub, let's watch this. Then I watched that first episode. And while it was wonderful, I love part four. And I love that first episode. I don't, to this day, I still cannot pinpoint as to why it didn't hit me the way it did when I was a teenager. I wanted that. uh, It's kind of like in the veins of people who really liked the Lord of the Rings films. And they were really hoping that the Hobbit Um, Because it was transformative for them and they were really hoping that The Hobbit would hit that furry place for them once again. But it didn't because we all know how The Hobbit, how The Hobbit films ended up. But for me, it was very much like I wanted Loop. I wanted the dubs and Lupin the Fourth and Beyond to just to just make me feel warm and fuzzy again like they did when I was a teenage when I was a teenager. And well, part of that is because part four dub was incredibly rushed. Yeah, but three week time. But. The fact that I still am not getting that warm and fuzziness with part five, part six and beyond. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just a part of growing up. Mm -hmm. But also a part of it is there is a significant difference with how they're dubbing everything now, as opposed to how they dubbed part two. Well, because they don't, they don't get uh, to stray so much as they were allowed with part two. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I assume that I assume part two was not that expensive to license at the time because I, mm-hmm. I don't because Lupin wasn't Lupin wasn't like a valuable property in America. Mm-mm. Obviously it's huge in Japan, but like here it's like not well now it's becoming something, but back then yeah, it's slowly. what the hell is this? And Genion, as far as I understand, you know, the whole approach is well we want it on Adult Swim and we wanna we wanna get like, you know, the haha crowd. So let's throw in some pop culture references. Let's make some, you know, more risque jokes and, mm. and stuff. So throw, throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. And Richard, as far as I can tell, Richard was mixed on that. He would rather just play it straight, like respect the source. But mm-hmm. I mean, we have iconic things now because of that. So it, it'd be really weird to just start, even if they started doing the rest of part two, kind of like what Eva says. I don't know if it would quite, like you could still get Dan Lorge back, but I don't think it would scratch that itch necessarily because mm-hmm. would they just play it straight? Or would they try and recapture the, you know, the off-the-cuff wackiness that they, you know, the, the looseness? Like, mm-hmm. at least right. from talking with Michelle, that's that's the thing about Part 2 that everyone loved was how loose it felt. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how much fun the environment was to work on, on that dub. So, mm-hmm. if they yeah. could do that again, like, if they could, you know, get back into that mindset, I think it could work. So, High Dive, pay for it. I just don't think it it would happen. Like I just probably with the expectations of how dubs should be now, mm-hmm. and like how like strict things are, like you mm-hmm. know, like legally and all that. Like I just don't even think it's a possibility for that to even 
happen. Mm-hmm. So on my mind, it's like, don't touch it. Like, don't agree. touch the rest mm-hmm. because if it's not like how it was, it just would, I, I think it would just leave a sour taste in people's mouth. Because people, I think a lot of people would yeah. expect it to be like how it was, and it's just mm-hmm. not going to be. There's and an I've expectation been, that can't be met. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I'm in the vein of one of those people. Like, I'm sorry to admit it. I've heard that with a lot of, like, of the dubs coming out now. A lot of people, like, if anybody has a criticism of it, it's kind of along that line. Like, oh, I wish it was, like, more, like, goofy in, like, part two. And I always think, I'm like, it's just never going to be like that. Mm-hmm. You have to go like that. <laughs> closest you got was the Legend of uh, the Gold of Babylon. Yeah, that definitely. That, 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 that kind of brought that energy back, like, a little bit. Not in full, but that it's... It, it, it kind of came in flashes there, which was which was really nice. There, there is also a, a, there's a personal taste thing at play because it, it, it'd be safe to say that at this point, Richard Richard Epcar is kind of like the what do you call it? The uh, like ambassador? Yeah, grand, yeah, like grand the grand poobah of Lupin <laughs> in the state. You know, grand poobah. It's, 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 it's his production company that tends to produce some of the dubs. He tends mm-hmm. to write a lot of the adaptations and. You know, his opinion is merely that he prefers when Lupin is uh, played a bit more straight. He doesn't like when it gets too wacky. He actually mm. didn't like doing the Babylon dub for that reason. He didn't like mm. how goofy it would get. So, th- I, theoretically, there is also a thing of, even if they did, I don't know if Richard and company would necessarily want to yeah. go back to that. Mm. They'd probably just want to be like, well, we want to respect, because we love these characters, and we want to mm-hmm. respect, you know, the intentions of it. Yeah. But... If you watch the show, the episodes get really strange in that later half. So yeah, I, I don't know do. how straight you can play the cat that eats pencil shavings episode. Mm-hmm. That, that's so funny to me that Richard Epcar is like one of the ones that like wants to play it more straight because his performance as Cheegan in part two is like one of the wackiest to me. Mm-hmm. In Jolly, you two. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one where like... W- where they're trying to break into the truck to steal like the lion statue, mm-hmm. and oh, he's, yeah. like he even says he's like I'm on one today. <laughs> like, <laughs> Looks like there's mutton we can do. Lord, I will I will always reference this because I watched this episode with my father. Mm-hmm. Um, this was it's funny because the man who got me into um, Night Rider and Columbo actually enjoy Lupin the third with me god bless him anyways mm-hmm. uh, we watched the Carmilla vampire episode and he and I just about lost it when Jigen dub Jigen goes that coochie is one blood sucking bitch <laughs> <laughs> that's why it surprises me <laughs> exactly well there's that example for you hun I mean you know to be fair like Babylon is a more extreme version so yeah but like, I guess like part of it is like the stuff they're adapting now, specifically like parts four, five, and six. There is like the wackiness there, but a lot of it is played a little more straight. Like mm-hmm. straight. There's not a lot of wiggle room. Is the exactly. No. Like, um, See, I feel like it's important to point out um, the episode of High School Undercover, a part four, because I have a lot of issues with the dub of part four, but not that episode. Because that, that, one, that, that one felt like it was playing itself... Yeah, it, it played a lot more loose with it, especially with uh, Epcar's ad lib at the end. God, mm-hmm. you're such an asshole. Oh, like, yeah. 
<laughs> it's like more stuff like that, please. It's like, I understand you guys working on a lot of constraints for this, but you know, it's just like for a brief moment there, it's like, this is the kind of dub I wanted from the series all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, that's not the world we live in anymore. It's like, no, I agree with you there. It's the like they were able to slip one in with the crunch that they were given to dump mm-hmm. all of part four. Mm-hmm. That was probably his overall emotions on it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Me and Ellen, or th- those two, bless them, like working mm-hmm. nonstop tirelessly to get just because they really wanted to play those characters again. Mm-hmm. No one is more dedicated. That, that is why that's the definitive cast. No one is more dedicated to those characters. Yeah. yeah. They've become those characters at this point. They are. So they they, they are absolutely those characters. are. Mm-hmm. Well, see, the best part about that ad lib though, is that it was also perfectly in character for Jigen, mm-hmm. especially considering what was going on at the time. You mm-hmm. know, how just kind of like writes off this diamond disappearing and yeah, Jigen's pissed. So it's like, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, like I said, it's not the world we live in anymore, and I feel like audiences expect uh, dub scripts to be a lot more faithful to the original Japanese. Mm. Yeah, you know, in, in like, license holders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, too. But, but you know, I'm sure like you know, there's a lot of viewers out there that expect that uh, faithfulness too. But it's and like I get it, but at the same time, like I was saying before, you know, this is a comedy. It's supposed to be funny, and humor doesn't translate. Mm-hmm. Often, yeah, like the hamburger scene in episode zero. Hamburger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a joke that is practically untranslatable, and mm-hmm. it, it. Yep. <laughs> God bless him. God bless him. They took a crack at it. They tried. They, yeah, tried. they tried. I would say, uh, in my opinion, other than Babylon, the closest thing that we have to like what part two used to be is Prison of the Past. I, I was agreed. Wholeheartedly, <laughs> wholeheartedly agreed. Yeah. Uh, I just think they had a lot of fun with that. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really refreshing because I even thought that when I was watching, I was like, God, there's so much. It, it has so much part two energy. Just well, Lupin yeah. making the, the, the joke about Theoretically, farting in the bubblegum balloon. <laughs> no, don't. No, <laughs> that's a part two joke. Like, and that's the, uh, perfect. Torture this one long enough, and he'll sing like a bird. Thanks, I'll do that. <laughs> that whole special is is literally just a love letter to part four. I feel. I mean, to part two. Part Thank two. you so much yeah. for referencing that moment. <laughs> I think I mentioned that on the podcast review too. Hmm. Thanks, I'll do that. <laughs> but no, he, he, even with like the more faithful approach, I like a lot of the dubs recently. I've really, really been a big fan of. Specifically, mm-hmm. uh, Episode Zero, I think, is one of the best modern dubs they've done. Like, mm-hmm. period. I agree. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like that. That was because while it's not quite the same as Part Two anymore, I don't think they should finish Part Two because honestly, I think that's. Un- I feel like the response to that people are going to be expecting one thing and then they're not going to get it. And then they're mm-hmm. going to give the cast shit for something. There's, that... there's no way to please everyone with that. Like, no, exactly. I'd be happy for them to just do it anyway, because I, I'm a firm believer of you know, finish what you started. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I wouldn't want this cast leaving this world and not at least finishing part two to some degree. Oh, definitely. Agree I, I, like, I think us and a lot like, <laughs> Not to gatekeep, but I think like reasonable, rational Lupin fans would be like, we're just happy if they dub it at all, whether or not they recapture the spirit. 
I, I, I just think they owe, like, they, they don't owe us anything, but <laughs> I, I think for them, because it's what brought them into this world as this cast, mm-hmm. it, it would just be nice, in my opinion, to, like, let's, let's just get the rest of it done. Does it have to be the same? No, but that's an impossible task. You can't mm-hmm. put the lightning back in the bottle. But yeah. at the very least, you could just, you know, get back to get the gang back together like old mm-hmm. times. Especially Dan. I think Dan Lorger, at the very least, deserves to finish his uh, his legacy's work there. 100%. Mm-hmm. That would be the main reason why I would want to finish well, I the will, I will campaign okay. that. <laughs> we will bankroll it. <laughs> I will fly him out of Reno to do it. I will pay for his tickets. <laughs> All expense paid, Dan. Come on now. <laughs> Two weeks, all I ask. <laughs> but no, but that, but on that note, from what I said earlier, I'm not saying that I don't enjoy the dubs at all. I I'm so happy. I'm thankful. Like you guys have no idea. Childhood me is so grateful that we still have these these actors playing these characters and they're basically now in a sense a definitive cast even mm-hmm. if we do have the change with Doug Erholtz for Dan Lorger that that doesn't bother me at all I mean I would like no, Dan Doug's Lorger done a great that. job but yeah Doug's Indeed. done a great job I love these I'm I support the dubs I'm thankful for them when they get released to Blu-ray I buy them it's just there's that nostalgia hit for me that you know I I, I guess what case in point I wanted the more recent dubs to make me feel like I, how I felt when I was 12, 13 years old, staying up late, watching them on adult swim. But again, things happen, you grow up and it's, and it's really good as for whether or not I want part, the rest of part two to be dubbed. It would be nice. I'm a completionist. It would be nice. And th- that's probably the only way I'll ever finish my collection of part two DVDs. Cause I don't have the whole series. I just have what they dubbed so far. Cause I'm I'm kind of cheap like that, but also um, it's not going to, I I understand and I acknowledge it's not going to be in the same vein of how Jenny on did it way, you know, tw- 20 years ago. And God. I get that's what, that's, what's going to make it or break it for people, but I don't care. I'm just happy. I'm just happy. We're getting stuff. Mm. The realization that it is going to be about 20 years ago next year. It is, yeah. Oh, it, it, it is 20 next year you mean like in a couple weeks god shut up <laughs> oh now you're telling me to shut up <laughs> i mean uh yeah part two started airing on adult swim in i think january of 2003 2003 yep. january wow. 2003 so yeah which it, it would have been dubbed around 2002 mm-hmm. yeah. yep which means that this february will be will mark 20 years of me being a lupon the third fan because Same. the first episode i ever watched was uh I left my mind in San Francisco. And the first episode I watched was the Brazil episode. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I say that because, no, like, I'm turning I'm turning 32 on Sunday. And the fact that I can honestly say I've been a Lupin fan for 20 years now makes me feel incredibly old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is great. You know, we, we started this discussion around, you know, Season, uh, season of Father Christmas, but now Father Time's like looming over, just menacingly God. staring yeah. at us. Hey, I see you, Time. You get, old, you get back there. Kronos <laughs> just needs to go back into his prison in Tartarus. Like, we don't need to acknowledge that you're here, my good sir. <laughs> Special guest Guillermo del Toro and his Lupin chimney shelf. 
<laughs> Love it. Legend. Mi, mi gente. Respeto. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's one of the few times I can acknowledge that I'm Mexican and proud. Phew. <laughs> Many, but one of them. Go ahead. <laughs> On the uh, the crushing note of time coming for us all, I think we'll wrap up our second annual Cyburns and Cigarettes holiday special. Um, uh, so, uh, Chris, Red Jacket Chris, where can we find you on the social medias? Uh, Twitter, uh, even though Twitter seems to always be fluctuating as to whether or not people are there or not, but mm. I'm there. Go to Twitter, mm. at Aficionado Chris, A-F-I-C-I-O-N-A-D-O-C-H-R-I-S, if I remember correctly. I, I, I will, I'm barely cautious, uh, cautious, so <laughs> I hope I spelled that correctly. You can find me there. And obviously, you know, just there I post updates on the book, The Master Thief Files, The Ultimate Guidebook to Lupin Third. Check it out when it comes out, hopefully next year, springtime, maybe. I don't know. Whenever, whenever my publisher gets the manuscript <laughs> and whenever certain people get back to me about whether or not we're being, you know, they're being interviewed for <laughs> Karina Sun. <laughs> and so, Green Jacket Chris, where can we find you? Um, I'm on, uh, <laughs> no, Thomas, you're next. <laughs> You'll get your turn, all right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter and DeviantArt at Dr. Furball, D-R-F-U-R-B-A-L-L. Uh, you can find me most other places, uh, Instagram, Newgrounds, wherever else I am, at Amazing Chris Godby, that's uh, G-O-D-B-E-Y. I have two webcomics, weirdinacan.com and drawocoward.com. Very nice. And Natalie, where can we find you? Uh, Currently watching Twitter burn, apparently, Mm. (laughs) at at the moment we're talking. But yeah, I'm still in the the shithole that is Twitter at cap c-a-p-l-i-h-e-l-l-s-i-n-g so Kathleen Helsing. You can also find me on the Instagrams at Captain, C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-I-H-E-L-L-S-I-N-G. Mainly right now on there, um, posting about how I want France to win this year's World Cup. So, <laughs> viva la France! <laughs> nice. <laughs> Emma, where can we find you and Thomas? Because <laughs> currently, Big Fat Cat's on her lap. Uh, so, yeah, you can find me in this chair at my house. Um, uh, they'll have to rip Twitter for my cold, dead hands. Um, <laughs> I, I like that attitude. I'm nice. going to be there until the site burns down, which it mm-hmm. hasn't yet. So I am still there. Mm-hmm. Um, posting my endless stream of consciousness. Uh, at Emma Wolf, E-M-M-A-W-O-L-F-E-227. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, I've been posting, co- I post cosplay and I did recently post art. Uh, that is M Wolf, E-M-W-O-L-F-E-227. Um, those are my main two social media accounts that I'm on. Thomas, you don't have a social media account, buddy. I'm not, I'm not that kind of parent. <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> you look so disappointed. <laughs> so, so yeah, follow me on those two accounts. Uh, Drew, where can we find you? 
Uh, Emma, like you, you'll you'll have to drag me kicking and screaming from Twitter because <laughs> I made too many good friends there. And while mm-hmm. it is like a hellscape, it's my hellscape. Damn mm-hmm. it! It's the only way Drew and I know about physical media releases. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is not That's a my... hell house. This is a hell home. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise I won't make any threats towards Elon Musk this week. All right, so not unless he deserves it. Which uh, he currently, if you're following the trash on Twitter, he currently does. So absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a listen. It's always morally correct to bully Elon Musk on Twitter. Just <laughs> putting that out there. Amen. Lupin would allow Amen. it. Oh, so. definitely. I mean, you only have to limit yourself to Twitter. I mean, the guy deserves bullying no matter where he is. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But no, you can find me on there at Drew Hunter 15. That's D R E W H U N T E R 1 5. And you can find the podcasts on Twitter at Lupin Pod. That's L U P I N P O D. And you can find us on Instagram at the same at. And you can also find us on Tumblr at Sideburns and Cigarettes. Um, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to scroll up or scroll down. And you know, give us give us a star of unit rating. Whatever you have to say about us. Rate rate, rate, rate five stars. Yeah, please, you know. See if I say it, it's not plugging because I'm a guest. Exactly. So I I I I, I... <laughs> This is like an Uber drive. You have to rate us five stars. Anything yeah. less. No good. Make us happy this Christmas and just gift us five stars. I was gonna say we can put the five stars on top of the tree and put and wrap up your reviews and put them underneath. No, it's the, you have to do five because each each star represents a cast member of Lupin. Exactly. exactly. So it's unfair right. if you only give it four and there's five of them. Come on. And, and there's also five of us. Yeah. <laughs> to the people who only give it four, that's because they don't realize that Goimon is part of the cast. True. <laughs> Very easy to forget he's there. Mm-hmm. They didn't forget that in the slate before Christmas, though. They didn't. They, he showed up. <laughs> <laughs> he ha- he has a- he was born he was he has appeared <laughs> but also as you heard at the beginning um uh all i want for christmas is loop was written by myself and robbie who you can find on twitter at elite slayer x and performed by <clears throat> chris delisola there we go <laughs> got it, did it. <laughs> it only took till the end of the podcast for him to get it right that's usually how it goes chris Thank you for joining us on the show. It's always a delight to have you on. Definitely. And it's always a pleasure to be on. And obviously, cannot wait for the book. That's going to be... We're going to have to do a big special episode when that book comes out. We're going to have you back on for that. And probably have you back on sooner because we're talking about part one. So That's true. <laughs> so um, uh, And also, to get a little more sappy, thank you to all of you lovely Lupontic folks who have listened to us this year. Honestly, it, it really does mean a whole lot. Like, the fact that I see, like, hundreds of people listening to it, like, the fact that it's more than 10, like, kind of gets me emotional because this start mm-hmm. off is just like a really silly project. And it's really nice that all of you follow us along and listen to me be horrible at hosting and listen to these much cooler people who can talk a lot better. I don't agree with that, <laughs> but sure. No, I, I, I only agree with half of that statement. You are, but. Drew, you are not a terrible host. You like, that's my best friend you're talking about. Shut up. <laughs> if I thought you were a terrible host, I wouldn't agree to be on the show. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, <laughs> standards. <laughs> <laughs>
but 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 no in all seriousness like honestly it, it really means a whole lot it it makes me want to keep on going with it so i really appreciate it so happy holidays to you all happy holidays to everybody here and we will see you actually very soon because lupon zero is coming out so tomorrow hey <laughs> and my birthday's on sunday yay yeah boy so until next time happy holidays and have a good night, Lupontic folks. Happy holidays and happy new year, y'all. Merry, Merry Chrysler. <laughs> Merry Chrysler, everyone. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Every time. Okina Christmas tree. So many girlfriends, We have a uh, a very special guest with us today, as mentioned earlier. Uh... <laughs> That's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> Uh. Oh. You got the pronunciation down and everything. It's very hard that dialect for a first Indeed. timer. Okay. Oh, there they go. <laughs> He's also fast. He's fast for a little chubby boy. Drew's gonna have a hell of a time editing this. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> just put this hey, in I've the bloopers. Worse. Just put this in the bloopers. We just <laughs> talk about Emma's fat cat. Well, look, I know I tell you this all the time, Emma, but I want you to tell Thomas for me that I love him. Chris says he loves you. Oh, you said something. Did you hear that? I did he not. Was like, <laughs> it's okay. I'll probably tell him again soon. Chris Delasola. There we go. <laughs> Got it. It only took till the end of the podcast for him to get it right. That's usually how it goes. Were you were you Italian handing me, Emma? <laughs> <laughs> Babidi I'll put a poop for you later. <laughs> that does not sound right. <laughs> yeah, take take what you will from it. I don't care. It's the end of the year. Well, <laughs> well, well I can't I can't think of a better note to end this show on. <laughs>